This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What is up, Knicks fans? I am Craig. Some people call me Axe, and on the other mic is another guy. It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Did you like that, Barry? You don't yeah. know what's going on, do you? <laughs> no, a little You'll find out. You'll find out. And every oh. Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Guys, please also visit our Patreon website, www.patreon.com backslash hardnickslife for exclusive content. Nick's Watch Party, Barry, in two weeks. Yep, Nick's Watch Party 2.0. The Knicks are playing the Spurs on Friday, March 15th. Starting at 8.30, we will be at Craig and Barry and Nick's Fan TV, Nick's Film School, Jonathan Macri, Nick of Time Show, Posting and Toasting. Who else, dude? Um, yeah, uh, Alex Wolf, you on the spot. Locked on Alec, Knicks. Alex Wolf and from Locked and on Knicks. That's right. Uh, Jeremy Cohen. Will he be the there? Coincidence. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there. Schwinnie Poo of Posting and Toasting will be there. CP from uh, Knicks Fan TV. Jay yeah. Ellis from Nick of Time. Basically, a lot of us Knicks fans and content providers will be at John Sullivan's Bar and Grill. That's at 210 West 35th Street. The first Knicks watch party earlier this season was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like a, you know, I mean, all these games are meaningless, but I was going to say it was like a meaningless game. It was against Dallas, and the bar was packed with Knicks fans going nuts on like every possession. It was awesome. Right, guys, you have to go. I mean, these games suck in general. We're playing for nothing. And let me say, I'm not a fan of watching Knicks games out. I like to watch them at home where I can hear what's going on and I can watch every play. But but only diehard Knicks fans go to these things. So essentially, it's like a hundred of us all just watching the game focused on every play, right? Yeah, and we, yeah, and we were even able to get them to turn up the sound last time so you could actually even hear the play-by-play if you like hearing that too. So yeah, it was like all about Knicks. It was, I would say it was maybe, there was more energy at that first viewing party than, than maybe even at the Garden for these games. <laughs> so that is on March 15th, starting at 8.30, free admission. Uh, there will be some raffles. There might be some giveaways. All proceeds go to the Garden of Dreams. Anything else we want to say for that? No. No. This is season two. Episode 33. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Rock from City Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. I'm calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. First of all, Spike, so glad you're sitting down. Um, after 18 consecutive home losses, the Knicks won tonight. I repeat... <laughs> The Knicks won tonight, defeating San Antonio 130 to 118. <laughs> what is up, my man? What's going on, Axe? What's going on, dude? I'm not saying your name right now. Oh, oh, is that a thing you're trying to? Oh, is that what you're trying to do? Apparently, I say it enough. Oh, are you getting more slack about that? Uh, you'll hear in later on, we're going to catch up on some voicemails. We got a bunch of listener voicemails this week, and you'll find out what I'm talking about. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> How have you been? I've been I've been fine. I've been just fine. What a fucking game against the Spurs, dude. Yeah. That was actually fun to watch. <laughs> I was, I was like yelling. Yeah. I was yelling at him for joy uh, in the end of that fourth quarter there. That I mean, how many, exciting. I was, I kept jumping out of my seat. To like record highlights of Mitchell Robinson throwing it down, Dennis Smith knocks. It was insane. Yeah, it did not seem like it was going to be that type of game, especially like after a few minutes in when like they tipped in the Spurs miss. It just seemed like it was uh, going to be a horrible, 
awful game. Right. You know, that that was just going to set the tone. And uh, no, amazingly, they they bounced back. They had a huge third quarter. Tons, I mean, we'll get into it, but tons of guys with, with really great performances. It was awesome. Yeah, we'll get into that, and we'll talk about some other things. How, how's your week been going? I had a... I had this weird thing happened to me on the road the other day. You know I have a problem with road rage? Uh, a little bit, yeah, slightly. <laughs> and in the last show, I mentioned I was reading this Power of Now book. <laughs> right. And it really does help me with all of that. Uh, but I still, I'm, you know, I'm still learning, and I still get very angry on the road. The other night in that, um, that we had that bad weather, you remember that? Yeah. So this big pickup truck cuts me off to get into my lane and I slam on the horn right behind him. Right. Like, and when I do, when I'm angry, like I drive right behind him and I push the horn for like a good 30 seconds while I'm driving behind him just so they really feel it. Okay. (laughs) And then at the next light, I pull up next to him because I'm going to look at him through the window and be like, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing? Right? Okay. Well, I, (laughs) I pull up next to him. He looks at me. I don't know how I'm going to describe this on the podcast, but he does that, that like crying baby face with like his fists up to his eyes. And he's just going, oh, no. <laughs> to me through the window. And dude, I thought this was going to be like your typical, like you give me the finger, I give you the finger. Maybe we roll down the windows and yell at each other. But he's doing that. I don't even, how do you respond to that? How would you respond to that? I'd probably give him the finger. No, well, I, I figured I, I just, ha- I thought the only thing, if someone gives you the finger, you give them the finger back, right? You but, usually but, do. I mean, but then again, I would have never pulled up next to him. Maybe because I'm yeah. a little bitch or maybe just because it wouldn't bother me that much. But I, I wouldn't have held my like hand on the horn and I definitely wouldn't have pulled up next to him. <laughs> well, listen, if he looked really scary, I would have just like waved to him and been like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but so I'm like, I just got to do the crying baby face harder than he did it to me <laughs> so then so then i'm like wah, wah, and then the it, it turns green and we're driving next to each other and we're battling ba- basically with the crybaby thing through and the so snow through the snow so he starts doing it harder and now he's like really animated with his crying he's like wah, wah, like really shaking his head i don't know this oh. could be really annoying for a listener and then so i'm then i start doing the whole like I'm like going, Wah, and I'm doing this motion with my fingers. Like um, fingers like, like tears streaming tears trickle, down your face? Like streaming down my face. It got so... <laughs> and we're both laughing. And then eventually I was like, fuck it, dude. You you win. Go ahead. Get the so fuck out of here. You were the it bigger was, You were the bigger baby. Eventually I was like, I, you know, that book is teaching me to just calm the fuck down. Oh, it sounds like And it. none of this should matter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But you were. In, it sounds like you were kind of enjoying that moment for a little bit until it. Until you I was definitely living in the moment, for sure. <laughs> a lot of positives in that Spurs game, dude. Yes. Can we just? Can we just? Let, can, can can I just run through the box score of like some of these uh, guys' numbers? Because it's sure. like how many times? Okay. So I mean, first off, six guys in double figures, right? Kevin Knox, nineteen points, ten rebounds. Lance Thomas, sixteen points, seven rebounds. Damian Dotson, 27 points. played the greatest game of his life. Was that the greatest game of his life? Yeah, he was uh, efficient. <laughs> he was doing a little so, bit of everything. I don't even know when the last time he played was. Right. But before you continue with the box score of Fizdale, he, he, like, like, you never know what to expect. Who's going to play? Who's going to start? I know. We got word that DeAndre Jordan wasn't going to play tonight. and like Jordan you know, wasn't we, we playing. We kind of assumed Lance- that Mitchell Robinson would have gotten the nod. Yeah, Lance gets into the starting lineup after not having played in forever. Ellenson plays. Dude, there was no Hazonia. Ellenson played for like, I mean. Yeah, but he got in. He played, but yeah, he got in. So keep going. Yeah. Who else did we have? Damian Dotson, 27 points, including eight three-pointers. I mean, he was just on fire, which kind of continued off the of last game. Dude, his shot was like pinpoint accuracy. Oh, like that's the shooting that darts. we want to see. Oh, my God. It was awesome. Just on fire. Dennis Smith Jr., 19 points, 13 assists. Six rebounds, two steals, zero turnovers. Dude, I mean, that what was a game. that was hands down the greatest game of the season for a Knicks point guard. Oh, easily. Yeah. Uh, yeah moving two, on, you mentioned, you mentioned he had two steals, right? Yeah, two steals and zero two turnovers. 
<laughs> to, to, to go along with the 13 assists. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, who got off to a little bit of a slow start, but 15 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and Emmanuel and- Moutier, 19 points. So, I mean, just a lot, a lot of positives for a lot of guys tonight. Um, and, I mean, we'll see. I mean, how much do you want it to carry them forward? You know, because you're playing this balancing act where you want to see a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but ultimately you want to stay in that bottom three tier of teams. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see because so many guys had a great game and it wasn't just like one standout guy, which is what we're used to seeing, if it's going to, you know, carry a little bit of momentum for them. You know, I want to be so angry that we got the loss tonight, right? Or, But it's not like we, that we got the win. That tonight. we got the loss. I mean, I'm so used to saying that. I want to be a win is a loss and a loss is a win, right? I want to be so angry that we got the win tonight, but this wasn't one of those wins that, you know, we just happened to have more points than the other team. Like this was, this had so many positives, like you just mentioned. It was so much fun to watch. There were so many young guys doing so many good things. I mean, this is, in an ideal world, this is what they do every single night. And, and yeah, we don't end up with the top pick. I mean, we want to see all these guys thriving. It was so much fun. I mean, they played with such like, did you notice like how aggressive they were playing tonight? Yeah. Yeah. They were up on guys on on the defensive end. And like even just athletically challenging guys at the rim, like Dennis Smith Jr. had that dunk in the Minnesota game that was fucking insane, like a slam dunk contest dunk where he reared the ball back, just like Hazonia did like a week or two ago, right? But But this was like, this was even better than that. Yes. And then in this game, he did it again. He didn't. He didn't get it in, but dude, I was, I think I was even more impressed in this one, even though he didn't score because it was in the half court offense. When he does he, that type of dunk though, I mean, he's got so much hang time. It's like, dude, it's like, almost like you're watching it slowed down. He explodes like a fucking rocket. And I think Bertans like broke that up, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is fun to watch. But he, he, he had those aggressive athletic moves. Mitchell Robinson, every game, is throwing it down multiple times. Knox, even tonight, th- threw it down or attempted to throw it down a few times. Mm-hmm. There was just so much athleticism and aggressiveness that we're not used to seeing as Knicks fans. Right. And you're seeing that transformation from these past few years of very, very low-quality athletic players. They are shifting. It is getting much better. The ball movement was really good. I'm telling you, we mentioned in the last podcast, when these pick and rolls with Mitch are working, like it's so easy for the offense to flow through that. I mean, he sets the pick and then the defense starts moving to try and guard against that and people get left open. It leaves Dotson open or Dennis Smith or Knox can get in close for a floater. It makes such a big difference in their offensive game. Dude, they've won two of three fucking games. Yeah. Which I did not think was possible the rest of the way. <laughs> no. Didn't They're seem on like fire. It would be. They're on fire. I mean, luckily, you know, they were coming up against this uh, this record of which would have been tied the NBA record for most consecutive losses at home at 19. And, and fortunately for them, they stopped it at 18 and and they're not in that conversation. I mean, that that was pathetic. I mean, 18 losses in a row at the Garden, going back to early December for your last win. I mean, that that's that's brutal. So, kudos to them, you know, for getting a, a, a big win, a strong win against San Antonio. It's back-to-back excellent games for Dotson and Knox. Not excellent for Knox, but he de- he's definitely waking up from his slumber. Yeah. Who was your Who was your favorite player from the game against the Spurs? Oh, just from this game? Top guy for the Knicks tonight. It's got to be Dotson. I mean, he was so? lights out. Yeah, eight threes. Um, and yeah, it wasn't, was and it was spread 13. out, and it was spread out throughout the game. So it's not like he had a hot quarter and then trailed off. It was basically from beginning to end um, that he was able to do it. So, I mean, that was most impressive to me. Not Dennis Smith? <sighs> Look. You know, you're the one 13, making me pick 13 just one. assists. 13 assists. We don't we don't get that from our we Knicks don't, point We don't. We don't. And like the first thing that you think about because we know how like of a much of a showman he is. 
Um, and we didn't, you know, most of us didn't see most of his games in Dallas. So we only know the highlights when he's showing off. So you don't expect a guy like that to look to pass. And he's been doing a great job of that since he's been here, you know, um, penetrating, but always looking to kick the ball out or to find the open man. No, I've been very impressed with him. And something he, he didn't do it that much this game, but um, his first stretch of games, like one of the biggest things I liked from him is him cutting to the lane without the ball. So there would be guys either, you know, that were caught up somewhere and he would just make these either backdoor cuts or he'd slash through the lane. And most of the time, because of his quickness, he would get free of his man and the Knicks were finding him, getting him the ball for the easy lane. So that's another great thing he does is actually his off ball play. So, yeah, no, he's he's been very, very impressive to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's on my team. He orchestrated the offense beautifully tonight. He had that. Did you see that one play where he sort of like he he uh, he lost his man and throw, tried to throw it up to Mitchell Robinson, but Mitchell Robinson missed the alley oop. But the way he like ducked under his man and got it to Mitch, yeah, that was awesome. And then you mentioned he's a player who likes to show off and he likes to throw these big dunks down. He had that steal. That's why I loved that steal at the end of the game. Yep, he was coming down the court all alone. He had yep. Like and your one first guy thought was, is, okay, we're going to see him, you know, we're going to see him do something. But yeah, he looked back. I mean, yeah, I was hoping that he was going to give it to Mitch. He was right there. And yeah. all he had to do, you could do whatever you want with the ball and Mitch is going to get it in that situation. So it was awesome seeing him throw it off the backboard for him and not taking it himself. Yeah, because how many times, and no matter what point of the game it is, and it's been all season, we see these fast breaks and the Knicks have either two-on-ones or three-on-twos, and 99% of the time, they take it themselves. They do not pass the ball to the open man that's trailing or the or the guy that's sharing with their two-on-ones. So it was even nice, yeah, just for him to do that. And then the fact that it was so exciting off the backboard, I mean, I, I jumped out of my couch. I was like, oh! <laughs> You know, I had a lot of I those couldn't, I could not keep up with the highlights at the end of that game. Oh, it was fantastic. He is doing so good at finding his teammates, and I, I didn't expect that from him. Yeah, and, and I mean, even, even the dish from Smith, I think it was from Smith Jr. to Robinson, but it wasn't an alley-oop. It was just that shovel pass to the, into the paint, and then Robinson went up and dunked it. Like, we normally don't see that because they're always lobbing it high. But this right, was like end, a direct the end one, Robinson got the yes, end one on that. Yes, I mean, that was incredible. Um, and then, and the Knox to Robinson was great because oh. Knox usually has blinders on and he's never looking for anybody else. And I'm glad that he finally saw the big man up in the middle and he tossed it up to him for the slam. And then on the next play down the court, Robinson got the rebound and fed it to Knox for the slam. Dude, it was listen to us. Listen to us. A couple of giddy Nick fans <laughs> talking about this win, man. Because that was the fucking great win. That what was a like different tone to this podcast. Uh, I think we needed that. It gave it gives us life. Oh, yeah. What a <laughs> Fizdale, and I was happy with Fizdale in this game because after Mo after Moutier had like seventeen in the first half, he right. could have easily <laughs> given him a ton of minutes in that second half, easily. But Dennis Smith Jr. was so good, he had to stick with him. Did you have a problem last game with Moutier getting those minutes and Smith, you know, mainly riding the bench second half? Against Minnesota, yeah, Seemed like a lot I, of people, a lot of people. Yeah, did. I mean, I understand why Fizdale did that because Moutier was part of that comeback in the second half, kind of. But yeah, it's frustrating that Moutier is out for so long, and and we trade for Dennis Smith Jr. and we know Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be on the team next year. Well, probably will be on the team next year, unless he's part of some Anthony Davis deal. Moutier is going to be a free agent. Moutier comes back from this injury. He did not look great in the first half. And Dennis has been a very positive influence on the team since he's gotten here. And you want, I don't know, I want my coach to give, to, to, to have a preference as far as who the starting point guard is and who the guy is who's going to be in no matter what. Even if they're having an off game, like you want a certain guy to finish the game so players know when they're going to be in and they can build some confidence and just immediately the first game Moutier comes back, yeah, I had a problem with Fizdale automatically letting him play most of that game, more minutes than Dennis Smith Jr. How did you feel about that? I was fine with it. It didn't bother me. <laughs> so it, it didn't really bother did. you. It didn't bother me at all. I mean... Because it just seems like Fizdale... Like in the beginning of the season, we were all frustrated when Fizdale would like play Moutier over Frank constantly no matter what. 
And now Dennis Smith is starting. And now after that one game, it looked like, oh, great. I mean, no matter, no matter what Fisdale loves Moutier. But he, I mean, he proved a lot of people wrong in this well, game tonight by I letting mean, Dennis Smith be, Jr. play and, that. Moutier only played 19 minutes and right. he was great in that first half. I mean, he was well, What's going to happen when Nilakina comes back? Because there's a lot of guys that overlap in positions with, you know, Moutier and Dotson and Trier and Nilakina. Like these backcourts are going to, the backcourt's getting overcrowded. There's only so many minutes to go around. It's going to be tough for Fizdale to juggle these minutes, you know, introducing Nilakina back to the lineup to see exactly where he fits in. You know, is he going to be the primary ball handler when he's in? Is he going to be off ball? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the direction that Fizdale's going to go. I don't no, know when Nilakina's coming back. Does anybody well, we know? Don't, we don't know. It's a big mystery, whatever's oh going on with Nilakina. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, in the past, like, let's say last season, you wanted Nilakina to play ahead of these vets, right? Just so he could learn. But now Nilakina's fighting for playing time with a lot of young guards. Right? Right? Dotson, Smith, Trier. Moutier. Like, those are four very young guards. So Nilakina doesn't automatically get playing time just because he's, I mean, I don't know, potentially a part of the future and he's a young guy and he needs to develop. All those guys need to develop. I mean, the only guy that really I question playing a lot of minutes is Moutier. But even I feel bad, and Fizdale probably does, you can't just bench Moutier. He has had a decent season. He's such a team player. Every bucket the Knicks score, he's the first guy jumping off the bench. Right. There was a, I don't know if it was Breen that said it, or I don't know, one of the broadcasters said it tonight, that um, last game when he was, I guess it was last game when he was uh, shooting well, I guess he at one point he turned to Fisdale to say, do you want me to keep shooting the ball? Do you want me to look to pass more? And Fisdale said, no, you're shooting well, shoot the ball. You know, so yeah, he's is. I guess he's a pass first mentality in that sense. The fact that he had to ask coach that. I mean, he's he is truly a team player. You know, I mean, he's got a lot of faults, and a lot of Knicks fans have problems with him. And I think most of them are just afraid that the Knicks might sign him to a deal that he doesn't deserve in the off season. Right, right. But I he, don't you have cannot a argue. With the... You cannot argue that he's a great team team first guy. Right, right. He's and, a and solid I know... player. In all probability, it looks like there's not going to be a slot for him on this team next year. But if there is one, I don't mind if the Knicks sign him. But like you said, I just don't want to overpay for him. Listen, earlier in the season when he was playing really well, remember that stretch? Sure. He was playing really well. Yep. Um, we were all nervous because even if, if he sustained that the rest of the season, you were worried that the Knicks would give him some sort of long-term, not a max deal, but some deal that would eat into their cap and maybe the season was a mirage, right? But then he went down for a while along with Frank. And now now I'm not sure what's going to happen to him next season because I think even if he finishes this season strong, it's not going to be enough to guarantee him this based on his like recent history of just not being consistent before this year his struggles. I just don't think it's going to be enough for him to get like a nice contract. You right. know what I mean? Right. I don't think you so will. I, and I mean, if I you look at, if you look I, at all but, the moves that, that the front office has done and they have done a lot of moves, um, yeah. you know, going back to when it was Mills and Perry basically calling all the shots, they haven't done any bonehead moves or any stupid no. moves. Everything that they've done has, you know, has been something that you can understand, something that you right. can grasp onto. You can agree with it. Um, so until they do something dumb, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and just put some trust in them. Can well, we do that I as Knicks fans? Can we trust them? No, you shouldn't point? trust, you shouldn't trust anybody. I don't think they will do a bonehead move when it comes to Emmanuel Moutier, but I'm just saying that I wouldn't be, uh, earlier in the season, I, w I was saying there was no way he'd be back because it would eat into their potential to sign two max free agents. But based on the injury and the inconsistency and his his years before this year, I would just would not be shocked if, if they were able to get him for like a one year deal at, at a, you know, at a, at a high value contract. I just would not be shocked based on his relationship with Fizdale, how much Fizdale has helped him. If he's not able to get the kind of long-term deal he wants, I wouldn't be shocked if he was willing to stick around for a year 
and join, like, let's say our wildest dreams come true and they got Durant and Kyrie. You know, a Moutier might want to stick around for that, play on a play on a good team one year and go after his bigger contract the following season. I just don't think that's so far-fetched anymore. Right. I, I don't really think the Knicks are married to anybody, especially Moutier, no matter what his, you know, love and love and relationship is with Fisdale. I just don't think they are. This team is, number one, this team is totally different if you look at the roster up and down than they were last year. And I think it's going to continue to be that way going into next year, no matter who they sign, no matter who they draft. This team is like a... Uh, an amoeba it's like it's like this this flowing thing that that just is taking different shapes and moving around you're taking pieces in taking pieces out and and they're all moving parts and nobody's indispensable and you know they they don't know in the end what they're going to be left with they're just looking to see if they're going to have some guys that are going to be role players is Dotson somebody that's going to be able to maintain the shot that you're going to want to stick around to come off the bench at some point eventually and be you know a real scoring threat um, you know, guys like Trier, are they going to be able to produce like we've seen glimpses of? Is Knox going to become, you know, this impactful player, you know, that we see signs from him? You know, but, you know, aside from these young guys that they actually, you know, can have on the cheap for the first couple of years of their careers, anybody else, Vonley, Hazonia, um, you know, Jordan, you know, who I am a fan of. But like all these other guys, it doesn't matter. The, the, the Knicks are a revolving door right now. Guys are going to come in. They're going to go out. You know, it's just the nature of the rebuild. Yeah, I mean, half or more than half this roster will not be there next year. Hmm. We'll see. You're right. It's gonna. It's a very fluid roster. If we sign a couple of max guys, it changes everything. And they're going to be in like a win now mentality. None of these guys might be here with them. It might be a totally different team. You know who I don't miss, speaking of guys coming in and out? Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh, how's I, he doing, I, it? How's I, he doing I, in Dallas? I, I have no idea, but I was watching this game tonight, and I was watching like Dotson hitting all these shots, and these guys hitting all these shots. And I was like, you know what? I, don't, I do not miss Tim Hardaway Jr. Fucking up the flow, taking some really horrible shots, missing three three-pointers in a row. You know, <laughs> I don't miss him. Let's, let's see how he's been doing. I saw some tweets <laughs> the other day saying that he was, like, getting frustrated by his Dallas teammates on the court, getting mad about things. Really? See, uh, I mean, he's actually... He had a pretty good game <laughs> last night against Utah. 21 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 for 13 shooting. I watched the, I watched the game recap of that game this morning. They didn't show Timmy once. Well, I mean, he's... Uh, he scored he scored 20 plus points two out of his past three games uh but you know he's inconsistent he scores 10 then he scores 20 then he scores 10 again then he scores 20 <laughs> is trey getting any minutes let's see what trey burke did against utah whenever i check their box score trey does not get a lot of minutes courtney barely plays trey played Oh, Trey had a great game, too. Played 23 minutes, scored 20 points. Wow. Of course, he was minus 13. He had 20 points, seven boards, three assists. What is this, the fucking, it's a hard Mavericks life, dude? <laughs> yeah, Luca didn't play that game, he set out. No, no, Luca. I think for a couple games now, right? Yeah. So everyone who... Seems a lot of guys that were around... Is getting a, a score. A lot of guys that were around All-Star Weekend, you know, seem to be, uh, you know, having some... Uh, some soreness or some injuries, you know, Joel Embiid, he's been sitting out. Freaking Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, you heard that, that he, what, he got into some type of car accident and had a concussion? That's why he didn't play the other night? Yeah, that was the first game he's never not played yeah. in the NBA. And, yeah, for that to happen because of something like that, that's that sucks for him. All right, here, let's catch up on some voicemails. Listen to this, dude. Now you're, you're going to understand what I was talking about before. This is from Mario. I'm praying this guy just started listening, by the way. Hey guys, this is Mario Rodriguez from New Jersey. Hi Barry, hi other guy, I don't know the name, but he says Barry hundreds of times in episodes, so I know Barry. Guys, come on, Kevin Durant has to come, you know why? Because then that bitch LeBron can stop calling himself King of New York. Come KD! You see that? Yes, Axe. I say your <laughs> I name so many times. And I barely ever say During yours. a show. 
And you know why I say your name so much? No. Because in the beginning when we, like, right now I think we have this, a good, like, sort of chemistry back and forth. Right. But in the beginning, I would have to, like, pull shit out of you. So you thought by saying my name, it was I would have to essentially, if I didn't say your name, it would just, there would be, like, 15 seconds of silence before you said anything. (laughs) So I've gotten to this habit of being like, you know, that was a great game tonight, right, Barry? And then that's your fucking cue, obviously. (laughs) But, dude, this, when I got this voicemail, it killed me all fucking weekend. Right. Right, because it's not the first time you heard that. First of all, people are listening to the show and they don't know, they're not sure of our names or even my name or... Well, they're right. I I probably don't say your name that much and, you know, we should... I started this goddamn show, Barry. (laughs) And Mario Rodriguez doesn't know my name. Well, Mario, he goes by Craig. He goes by Axe. Either one is good. Say it again, Barry. Say it again. (laughs) I will Axe. Craig. Thank you, Barry. Thank I appreciate that, Barry. No, but I guess you should start off the I guess we should start off the show like you did today and, and, and say your name. Some 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 good critiquing right there. That's right. For the record, I am Craig. Some people call me Axe. I've been a Knicks fan for We know I the don't story. Know, Thirty fucking years. Thirty, thirty two years, I don't know. Barry's been a Knicks fan for like two years. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> so he, he wants KD to come to New York so that bitch LeBron can stop calling himself the king of New York. I think that's quality reasoning. Sure. Because LeBron is a bitch. He's right about that. And he'll never be the king of New York. Barry. What you got next, Ax? <laughs> then, all right. Then we got this one. Oh, yeah, the macho man checking in again from heaven. Hey, good to see. Pretty disgusting to watch Zion, our future, later on the floor. I'm hoping he's feeling better. We don't get the number one pick. Elbows being dropped. Dig it? Oh, yeah. Fucking macho man, dude. Macho man from heaven. This guy doesn't go away, huh? <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. When I get when I get these voicemails from the macho man from heaven, I just feel disgusting. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and I don't even understand what he's saying half the time. I don't know how much you can g- gather. I heard Zion. I think <laughs> I heard opening day. I heard uh, ooh yeah. Always an ooh yeah. This is Macho Man from Heaven. Macho Man, just fucking call in your regular voice. Like, here's a little public service announcement, Barry. No more Macho Man voicemails will be played on this show. Fine by me. From here on out. So, Macho Man, if you want to get on the show, either come up with another impersonation or maybe use your own fucking voice. I don't think anyone is getting a kick out of this Macho Man thing. Are you? No. You notice how I didn't say your name there? Yes. <laughs> Very good. Very good. We got this one. Craig, Barry, what's up? This is Manny from Stanford. I'm listening to your podcast. I hear you saying that there's a loyal listener who called. Playing the wrong one from him. Hold on. What do you mean? Here you go. What's up, boys? This is Manny from Stanford. Uh, what I want to say is it's amazing to me that we are so high on Frank Nilekina. Meanwhile, Kadeem Allen comes out of nowhere and pretty much gives us anything and everything we could ever hope Frank can give us in the short few games that he's here. I mean, he plays great defense. He drives to the hoop. He can hit a shot. He's got long arms. What the fuck do we need Frank Nilekina for? We should trade him away, get any kind of asset we can get. Let's build him up a little bit. Build him up over the last couple of months. Trade him away over the summertime. Because, really, at Frank's best, he can't even duplicate what Kadeem Allen did against the Cavs. I mean, so what are we talking about over here? Thanks. You guys are the best. Bye. How do you feel about that? Look, Kadeem Allen is not (laughs) giving me anything and everything. All right? Has he played well for the Knicks? Yes. Has he outshined Nilakina? Yes, he has. 
But again, I mean, it's a short stint. In what, like four games? Exactly. It, it, you know, it was a week and a half work, worth of games. Nilakina, at least Nilakina is not going backwards. All right. Yes, we don't want to see like this straight line, but we know in this game of the NBA that not everybody's progress is going to be, you know, so linear. You know, it's just not. Um, look, there's still 20 plus games left in the season. Hopefully, Nilakina and his groin, <laughs> um, you know, recover and they get back to showing us something. And, uh, you know, and we'll see what happens next year. But I'm not going to throw him away for Kadeem Allen. That's just not going to happen. That's I'm ridiculous. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, also, Kadeem Allen is 26 years old. So I understand Kadeem Allen had a, had a nice little stretch with us when Moutier and Frank were down. And Kadeem Allen was essentially our backup point guard. So he was getting a lot of minutes. He's a and great defender. He's a great and, defender. And we're not saying that we're going to hold on to Nilakina for another seven years or six years until he's 26 to finally see something, you know, cause we're not going to do that either. But the point is you have, you have a spot for Kadeem Allen here. It doesn't mean that you have to get rid of Nilakina, right? right there's, exactly. there's enough room for both of them. And we can still, we can still have our little prayer that Nilakina is going to turn in the player that we want him to be. All right. But a little longer, you know, next year. Nilakina is still on his goddamn rookie contract. What's the, why is that? So many, fr- so many Frank hate. I don't even think Manny's a Frank hater from the times I've spoken to him. But there's so many Knicks fans who just want fucking Frank to be gone because they hate him so much. He's on a rookie contract and he's 20 years old. Is he ever gonna live in live up to like the lottery pick that we picked him at? I don't know. But you have to forget that that even happened. He gets paid very little money. He still has a lot of potential. He's just 20 to get rid of him because you've got a 26-year-old Kadeem Allen who can't stick with a team who has give it, gave you like four or five really good games. I mean, he's a 26... He's essentially a veteran, one of the oldest guys on our team. Like, we've had a lot of point guards like that who have come in, like Trey Burke, right? Kadeem who else? Have, have there been others? No, I mean, well, last year, Jared Jack was getting most of the minutes, but he's not somebody that came in. He was here already. But when you're, some, when you're like a, a veteran player who has experience, you are going to outshine some of these like 19 and 20-year-olds who have no experience and just are not professional players yet, essentially. Even though Kadeem Allen spent a lot of time in the G League, he's still a pro and he's experienced and he's a man. Frank Nilakina is still a fucking boy. He hasn't even grown into his body yet. So just calm down with the Kadeem Allen shit. Kadeem Allen, he, in Manny's defense, he sent this voicemail like a week ago before Kadeem Allen was sent back down to the G League. But he's not even on the team right now. So, Well, I think he sort of is. He's still, it was a 45-day contract. Right? I know he was inactive tonight. but They have to be careful about his, the days he spends up here. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? We got this one. Hey, what's up, uh? and uh, Barry, James over here, and I'm just living a hard Knicks life, and I wanted to know, what does the pick have to fall to for you to trade it? I mean, if it, if it falls to two, are you trading it? Three, four, five? I mean, it could go in a couple games, it could drop to six or seven. So, I mean, are you trading it if it's at five, 100%, or let me know what you guys think, all right? 100%, what are we doing? Are we trading the pick if it drops to five? I don't I don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think... <laughs> Why? Uh, what's this guy's name again? James from Queens. James Axe from Queens. And Barry. <laughs> He's very so angry. angry right? He's very angry when he says our names. Oh, he doesn't like to say it. He doesn't want to say our names. It's like, when are you going to trade this pick? If it's the second, are you trading it? The third, the fourth, the fifth? Like, calm... James, calm down. What? <laughs> I don't know if I want to fucking trade the pick at all. I mean, no, I don't. I don't know. They, I don't know they, if you mean do we want to trade the pick to move up? If we get like the third or fourth pick, would we trade that pick and future picks to just move up a couple spots? Or are you are you asking would we trade the pick just all together because it's a shit pick at six? I don't. I don't even understand the question. Do you understand it, Barry? I mean, I understand what he's asking, but yeah, I don't see what the benefit would be to trade it. This this draft is a pretty heavy draft especially if we get in the top five so even though even though there's a big drop off after zion potentially two through five you're still gonna 
there's a good chance you're going to get a stud. Listen, one and through four, be- one through four, you're getting a stud for sure. Yeah. You got Zion, R.J. Barrett, John Morant, and Cam Reddish. So ideally, we end up in the top four. If we end up at five or six, I mean, we end up at five or six. We still got to take the. I mean, I'm not trading the pick just because we end up at five or six. I might explore moving up, packaging that pick with a player or future picks to move up one or two spots to get in that top four because right. those four top guys are so good. Yeah, I would definitely explore that if we end up at five. I think your best four in the top four picks and then you end up outside of that, you are exploring moving up. If we're trying to get Anthony Davis, dude, I mean, I don't think I would trade the number one pick, but the Knicks might trade the number one pick for Anthony Davis. The number five pick's not getting you Anthony Davis. Right? No. So I don't, I don't, I'm not trading that pick. I have a feeling maybe James means would we want to trade like the fifth pick to move up? Or just like what, what is like our. Is that, is that what you mean, James? What's the least likely scenario? Yeah, James. Is that what you're asking? James, James from Queens. <laughs> James. Just relax. <laughs> and don't take offense to any of that, James, because. <laughs> You do sound, <laughs> do sound a little scary. What's up, Bax? At least he fucking knows our names, right? I, I, dude, Mario has to be a new listener. Has to be, right? Tell me that. Yeah, yeah, most likely. <laughs> okay. What else do we got here? What was that other thing you played from uh, Manny, the second one? Oh yeah, so I mean, I'll play that, I guess. <laughs> Manny was upset last week. Not upset. <laughs> but when we were saying that we had we only had, got one voicemail that week. Yeah. He thought we were about to play his, but then we played Cross Flypaper. Oh, why? Did he leave one also last week? He left one like, I don't know if it was technically last week. It might have been the week before. But it wasn't on topic with what we were talking about. I, I wasn't going to bring... That was the Kadeem Allen, Frank voicemail. There was just, I didn't feel like putting that in the show. <laughs> it was, it had nothing to do with anything we were talking about. So he called to complain that you didn't play it? Let me hear. All right, here you go. Craig, Barry, what's up? This is Manny from Stanford. I'm listening to your podcast. I hear you saying that there's a loyal listener who called. I'm thinking you're going to play my phone call when I was talking about Neil Aquino and Kadeem Allen. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what the fuck? You guys didn't even put my phone call on there. But then I realized I didn't really follow the instructions because you guys wanted to talk about Kevin Durant. So anyway, hopefully next time you can put my question about or comment about Neil Aquina and Allen up there and see what people have to think. Thanks. Bye. Uh, okay. So you played the previous call that he made and threw it. He, wanted, he wanted to get that out there. Gotcha. Well, now, we got, now you got two calls on here, Manny. Now it's out there, Manny. And now I'm wondering if we're just pissing people off with these fucking voicemails. <laughs> no. no, we love Manny. Manny's called before. Manny's the dentist, right? I even love Jay. Manny's the dentist who offered, I don't know if I should say this on air, <laughs> but he did, he did offer us to do the podcast from his dental office. And get some... Uh, and I've been trying to negotiate some free laughing gas for the right. podcast. We should do that so, if, he's still, if he's still up for it. Which I think I would do that. You said last. You said well, that months ago when that was brought up. You said you wouldn't do it. You Things have it? changed. Things have changed. Yeah, Manny. If it's at all possible, I mean, what would you be willing to give Barry? Manny could be on the show for the entire podcast, right? As the third, as the other guy, the other other guy. I guess. Yeah, but got- I mean, I think it's. I think laughing gas would definitely have to be administered if we're in his office doing the podcast, right? Wouldn't you want to do the show on laughing gas? At least a portion of it, yeah. Sure. Oh, it'd have to be administered. I thought you were saying like they, he would have to do the administering and be the responsible one. It can't be three guys on laughing gas. No, no, he no. Could he could up, have one of his He could hook us up. Well, he won't be on laughing gas. Right. I don't know if, he, you know, it's not the most professional thing. <laughs> he probably, I think, <laughs> I was trying to get him to give us laughing gas, but he did. he seemed very resistant to it. <laughs> So I'll work on it. Manny, if that's of any interest to you, Barry would be down. So would Craig. I'm going to refer to myself by my name (laughs) from now on. All right, we're getting towards the end of the show. 
there were some interesting things that came out this week that I think we should just touch on quickly. Sure. I don't know if you heard this, but the Zach Lowe podcast, Zach Lowe said he heard this rumor that poor Zingas, one of the reasons why he sort of wanted to not be here anymore. Zach Lowe said, I don't think he was psyched about playing with Durant. I don't know how directly that that was verbalized to the Knicks, but I'm confident that it wasn't something that was his plan A. He wanted to be the face of the franchise. Well, I got news for you, KP, because you're not going to be the face of Dallas either. Cape, uh, what's his name? Luca Doncic is going to outshine you, oh, big time, Barry. So if if you're thinking that being in Dallas is going to be where you're going to be number one, no, you're still going to be a number two, <laughs> right? You're fucking, you are mean, dude. I'm I'm speaking the truth. I mean, look at what Luca's doing in his first year in the league. He's dominating. He's winning games for them. This Porzingis story just gets worse and worse for him every day. Every day we realize we did even more that we did the right thing. Oh my gosh, yes. If that is it in any way true that he didn't he was resistant to us getting a player like Kevin Durant, then what happened to all this shit about him just wanting the Knicks to be good and wanting to be, be on a winning team? Yeah, he wants to be good and on a winning team as long as he is the face of the fucking franchise. As what long as joke. you're the one bringing us to the promised land? Carrying the team on your back. You don't want any help from anybody else, you motherfucker. You dumb piece it is, of shit. That rumor is so crazy that I don't even I don't even want to assume that's true, but if it is, that is insane. That whole time we were all hoping that Kevin Durant would be joining Porzingis. Porzingis, meanwhile, is like, oh no. I don't want to play with Kevin Durant. <laughs> No, I want to be the face of the franchise. Dude, you can't even stay on the fucking court. And you have the nerve to not want your shit team who hasn't done anything in 20 years to get a player of Kevin Durant's, Durant's stature just because you have dreams of being the face of the franchise? Give me a fucking break. Kevin Durant is sharing the court with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson... Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, all these other guys, they're all getting their fair share. And you know what else they're getting? Trophies. They're getting championships. They're getting rings. That's how this league works. You're not going to do it on your own. All right? Unless you're LeBron James, it's not happening. Dude, drop even LeBron your fucking mic. Can't do it. Drop your mic right now, Barry. That's like the greatest thing you've ever said on this podcast. Brilliant. If Kevin Durant can play with all those guys in Golden State, KP, you could fucking play with Kevin Durant in New York. I'm glad you're gone. Bitch. You said it for me. You know who does love every move the Knicks are making? Patino. Rick fucking Patino. He tweeted, I love every move the Knicks have made. From the head coach hire to the salary dumps and the lottery gamble. Hashtag trust the process. We said it here moments ago. They haven't made any bad moves since the two of them have had the reins. Together. Together. Not that's counting good. the Tim Hardaway. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. When Mills and Perry. President Did they both GM sign combo, Ron Baker? Uh, sort of bad that might have been if they did <laughs> they have not made any egregious moves and they've cleared our cap for the first time in forever as I hold back a burp <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any bad contracts on this roster it's a beautiful thing and this day and age and the way the game is right now as a young team to not have any bad contracts, to be about to get a top five pick, and to have room for, at a minimum, two max free agents, you have set yourself up in a big way. I mean, yeah, I don't think you could do any more. I don't think you could set yourself up in any better of a way going into the offseason. You have all these ways you can go. You're stacked with young players, room for two max guys, and you're getting a top five pick. What else would you want? as a franchise in New York City. If the free agents don't come here, there's nothing you can do about that. All you can do is try to get them here. But they are setting themselves up for something big. Right, Barry? 
Yes, Craig. God. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show today. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. My name is Craig. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. The other dude is Barry. You can follow him at Barry Dworkin. You can call us on our hotline that's always open. Don't get mad if we don't play your voicemails that week. Please, if you're going to fucking call, know our names. Because all that does is send me into a frenzy for the entire weekend of, of depression. So if you want to leave a message for Axe or myself. <laughs> I like that. 516-33-MESH-1. That's 516-336-3741. And don't forget to check out our Patreon.com backslash Life. Exclusive content and all kinds of fun shit. And the schedule, Barry. All give right. it to me, give it to them. Tuesday night, another home game against Orlando, and Thursday night at home against Cleveland. Might get a little three-game winning streak going here, dude. Which would really kill the whole the whole lottery thing. But I could totally see that. Let's all let's all be real. It's not gonna kill it. We might win four or five. And with these new lottery odds, it doesn't really matter. It really you doesn't. I gotta be honest, dude. I wouldn't hate it. I don't even want the worst record because if we end up with the worst record, I know we're not getting Zion, and it's just gonna fucking feel like a stab to my chest. I'll take the second or third worst, and you still have a 14% chance at Zion, and I won't feel as awful about it if we don't end up with them. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. We gotta temper our expectations here, so we know we're not getting them. It's not happening. Barry, have a good week. You too, Axe. We'll see you all next time, uh, beginning of next week. Always the beginning of the week. And uh, until next time. Until next time. Barry, what the fuck are you doing, man? I'm letting you take us out. (laughs) All right. It is a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.